2: We would be honored if you would join us. Welcome to the Rebel Podcast. I would say as always, but we're in a car right now. It's P-Nate and the Weaker Link Pootie on (laughs) our way to the outdoor worship service um, for the Liberty Coalition. Uh, Nate, you're going to be praying at the event. Are you excited about today or what?
3: Yeah, totally. Literally, we're in the car right now, so I'm sure Dave, our wizard, is going to do his uh, his waving of the magic wand and make this sound great. But we are in a car on our way to worship in the square. Uh, so worship in the square is at Waterloo Town Square, uh, which is a big public venue. We're doing a worship service. Jacob Rayom is going to be preaching. Aaron Rock, Michael Teeson, and myself are going to be involved in the order of service. We're going to sing psalms. We're going to preach. We're going to pray we're going to do it all, all in public, uh, lifting up the name of Jesus. So that's the point of today. That's what we're on our way to go do.
2: Brilliant. We thought this would be a fun little different type of an episode as we're live. Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to try to uh, obviously have this intro. And then I'm going to try to get a few people, um, just their thoughts about the event. And then we're going to give you a, a debrief on the way home. Um, and we hope you guys enjoy this uh, slightly out of the outside the box episode yeah. of the Rebels.
3: Yeah, yeah. So... Uh, and just very quickly, housekeeping stuff. We're the Rebel Podcast. We're part of the Fight, Laugh, Feast Canada network. Um, we're uh, excited about that. And if you want to support the show, if you're a new listener, you want to support the show, you can head on over to patreon.com slash Uh, Or you can uh, join up and become a club member of the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network. And uh, as the network grows, we grow. As they benefit, we benefit. So you can do all that stuff to support the show. But we're so glad you're here. So let's talk about this event real quick. Um, We'll give you, obviously, the actual details (laughs) after we've been there. But as we're driving out there now, we're expecting about 2,000 people right downtown Waterloo Square. And Jacob in Waterloo has been beaten up. He's got about... $10 million worth of fines and charges, and up to seven or eight years in jail, I think, with everything that's going on. So we're heading down there. And here's what I would say one of the reasons culture has gotten to where it is is because events like this haven't happened. People have not been preaching in the public square. And in Canada right now, as many of you know, if you've been listening to us for any amount of time, churches are shut down. The government has put caps on service limits and all that kind of stuff. And so we're doing the John Wesley. John Wesley, when he got kicked out of the church, when he couldn't preach in the church, he went and preached in the field. So there aren't a whole lot of fields in Waterloo, but there's a lot of tarmac. So we're going to go preach at the tarmac.
2: If you look back in church history, outdoor preaching has always been something that was like, almost a fundamental principle of the, of the church. I think even, even back to the great awakening in the U S George Whitefield Whitefield used to go town to town, outdoor preaching. Um, So I think this is a great way for us to start winning back culture by culture, seeing us do what we're called to do, which is to worship the one and true God.
3: Amen. Yeah, absolutely. And I think this was something that we talked about at uh, at church this morning. I'm sure this will come up a little bit as we debrief the event, but worship is warfare, right? And so the idea that we are going into the public square, going into the darkness, Taking you know the name of Jesus and bringing it into the public square is just something that has not been done nearly often enough. You talk about the Great Awakening, you talk about the revival that happened under the preaching of guys like George Whitfield, and uh, and what what was going on there? The gospel was brought to bear in the public square. We need more of that. So that's our plan today. Amen. Let's go interview some people. Yeah, let's go do it. All right, we'll be back in a bit. Cheers.
2: Hey, guys, we're live at the Worship in the Square event right now. I'm just going to ask a couple people some questions about why they're here and why church is essential to them. With me right now is friend of the show, blogger for the Rebels, somebody who's been on lots of our content and actually attends Trinity Bible Chapel and has been right in the front lines with a lot of men in the leadership there. Andrew Emery, why don't you tell us why is church essential to you?
0: Well, church is essential because Jesus Christ commands us to go to church. He commands us to gather, and he's worthy of our worship. The Bible is our final authority, and if the Bible says that we meet, then we meet. I think, and I think most of our church would agree with this, but we've had some of the biggest blessings that we've ever had in the last few months. We've had worship like we've never had, uh, just the gathering of the saints, uh, because we're counting the cost. It's making us just stop and ponder why we do the things we do and we're just looking back to the Bible and to Christ and evaluating things, and we've decided to obey Jesus.
2: Well, here we are with Lauren. Lauren, why don't you start off by saying, what church do you belong to? And why are you here today at the Worship in the Square? What does church mean to you? I am a member of West London Alliance and currently attending Crossroads Alliance because Christ is worthy, period. Church and the church body has literally been what's kept me going. With everything else falling apart and fear permeating through our society, the body of Christ and his word is the only thing that has kept me
1: and my family alive.
2: Here we are again with Kimberly, who has been one of the leading people in Ontario um, in terms of the outcry for freedom um, that we're having to fight against. Correct me if I'm wrong, you have eight fines from multiple rallies. You have two specifically in London, one in St. Catharines. Why is church essential to you, Kim?
1: Well, I was really, really glad to find a church that was open, number one, when everything was closed down. And it it just changed our whole perspective, our whole life to have a church that's open. Because when church is half open and it's partly open, it's just not good enough for our family. Coming to church and being with all the people, it's, it's this huge relief and it just inspires you for the rest of the week that you actually want to live.
2: With me now is uh, Tom Froes, missionary from Haiti, one of my good friends, somebody who I've grown to respect over the last few years getting to know. Tom, why is church essential to you?
1: Well, God said that it is not good that man should be alone. So, Here we are. (laughs) We're we're supposed to be together, not apart.
2: So what we want to do now is we just want to record some of the segments so you get a flare of kind of what was happening at the Worship in the Square event before Nate and I uh, debrief it on our way home. The next little segment you're going to hear is from Michael Thiessen. As he reads some scripture, kind of set the groundwork for what uh, we're doing here today.
0: Jesus said, Enter through the narrow gate, For wide is the gate, and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many enter through it, but small is the gate, and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. Jesus also said, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field, and when a man finds it, he hides it and then in his joy goes and sells all that he has and buys the field. And again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. And when he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything that he had and he bought it. These are the words of him who holds the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know your deeds. You have a reputation for being alive, but you are dead. Wake up, strengthen what remains and is about to die, for I have not found your deeds complete in the sight of the Lord. Remember, therefore, what you have received and heard. Obey it, church, and repent. But if you do not wake up, I will come like a thief, and you will not know what time I come for you. Yet, we have a few people in Sardis who have not soiled their clothes. They will walk with me dressed in white, for they are worthy. For he who overcomes will, like them, be dressed in white. And I will never blot out his name from the Book of Life, but acknowledge his name before my Father and his angels. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. And in responding to Jesus' words, we say back to him, Your word, O Lord, is eternal. It stands firm in the heavens. Your faithfulness continues through all generations. You established the earth, and it endures. Your laws endure to this day, for all things serve you. If your law had not been my delight, I would have perished in my affliction. I will never forget your precepts, for by them you have preserved my life. Save me, for I am yours. I have sought out your precepts. The wicked are waiting to destroy me, but I will ponder your statutes. To all the perfection I see a limit, but to your commands there are no boundaries. Teach me, O Lord, to follow your decrees. Then I will keep them to the end. Give me understanding and I will keep your law and obey it with all my heart. Direct me in the path of your commands, for I find delight in them. Turn my heart towards your statutes and not towards selfish gain. Turn my eyes away from worthless things and preserve my life according to your word. Fulfill your promise to your servants so that you may be feared. Take away the disgrace I dread, for your laws are are good. Oh, how I long for your precepts. Preserve my life in your righteousness. Brothers and sisters, and then we are called into worship. Sing to the Lord, all of the earth. Proclaim his salvation day after day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous deeds among the peoples. For great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. He is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the nations are mere idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him, strength and joy in his dwelling place. Ascribe to the Lord families of nations ascribe to the lord glory and strength ascribe to the lord the glory do his name and bring him an offering of praise come before him worship the lord in splendor and holiness dear father in heaven be with us as we come and proclaim your goodness to our nation canada May we return to your ways. May we call upon you in the face of all of our turmoil, for you are good and your love endures forever. Amen.
2: Well, this next speaker needs no introduction. It's P. Night. He was privileged to be able to give out the uh, like opening prayer for the Worship in the Square event. Give it a listen. I think he, even though it's a prayer, he says good things in this time.
3: I'm going to read a passage of scripture that should be pretty familiar to many of us over the last 15 months. This is from Second Chronicles chapter seven. When I shut up the heavens so there is no rain, or command the locusts to devour the land, or send pestilence among my people, if my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, and I will forgive their sin and heal their land. We are in desperate need of God to act and heal our land. So let's humble ourselves as we seek his face and let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you today gathered and assembled here in the public square, recognizing that one of the many sins of the church over the last decades is our failure to come and lift your name high in the public square. And so, Lord, we repent. We turn from our wicked ways. We pray that once again you would put steel in the spines of Christians and pastors across our nation, that they would be able to boldly proclaim the truth of your word, that once again we would bring your word to bear on the world around us, that we would stop relying on the wisdom of man to help us solve the problems in the world, we recognize that the problem in the world is sin. And you sent your son to shed his blood to buy back this world that we might be your faithful witnesses and once again bring your gospel to bear in the world around us. Heavenly Father, we pray that you would send your spirit to wake up your church across this nation. We have been lulled to sleep with material possessions, with popularity, with so many things that are of this world and we have forgotten that we are here as ambassadors, here to bring your gospel to a dying world. So Lord, we pray that your spirit would wake up your church that your church would lead this nation once again. We pray, Lord, for the foundation on which this country was founded, that the dominion of Canada, which is based on your word, Psalm 72, that Jesus Christ would have dominion from sea to sea into the ends of the earth. And we pray that once again, we would be a people that would long to see your dominion stretch From sea to sea. Heavenly Father, we pray for those who are leaders, those who are elected officials, those who are police officers, those who are in authority over us. Lord, we pray that you would put the fear of God in them. We pray, Lord, that you would give them sleepless nights. We pray, Lord, that the Spirit of God would convict their conscience and that they would once again know that they rule and they reign only under the sovereign God of heaven. We pray, Lord, that you would help us. Help us to continue to lift up your name, but Lord, help us to, with the same grace and kindness that your son showed during his time on the earth, may we preach boldly, but Lord, may we be loving, may we be respectful, And Lord, may you have preeminence in not only how we engage with the world right now, but Lord, with the means as well. We know that worship is warfare, and so we are here today to lift up your name. We are seated with Christ in the heavenlies, and we are praying that the hallowing of your name that is happening here in this public square, as we are seated with Christ in the heavenlies, We pray, Lord, that that hallowing of your name would come and visit us here on earth as it is in heaven. We pray that your name would be lifted high, and we pray that Christ would change the hearts and minds of this nation, not because we deserve it, but because you are merciful, you are loving, and you desire that none should perish, but that all should come to a knowledge, a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ so move in our country lord move in our hearts and may we be your faithful ambassadors once again as we continue our worship service i pray that our worship would be sweet and pleasing to your ears and lord i pray for jacob as he is about to bring the word to us and i pray lord for him as the faithful shepherd in this region lord may you grant him strength may you grant him favor and may your spirit speak through him today and in the weeks and the months to come. May your people hear your voice and may your word come to bear on all of the evil that we see in the nation around us. Lord, in your sovereignty, turn this nation back to you. And may it begin here with us today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.
2: The next speaker you're gonna hear is MP, so like one of our um, people of parliament in Canada, Derek Sloan, who's really been the leading politician fighting the battle for freedom in Canada against these uh, draconian measures that we're facing. Here he is. He gives a little bit of a a speech at the uh, Worship in the Square event.
1: You know, I see a sign in front of me here, Canada is broke, and Canada is broke financially, but also spiritually and morally. And as Canadians, I believe we're finally waking up and seeing that. And, um, you know, uh, politicians do a lot of talking, and I've done a lot of talking, but I've also done a lot of acting. And this is my second church service today that I've been at. I was in Elmer this morning. What is great to Yes, that's right. Let's give a round of applause to Pastor Henry. You know the great news is is that they may be locking us out of our churches, but and I don't know how big Pastor Rayum's church is, but my guess is he wouldn't have this many people at a typical service. Am I right uh, to say that? Yeah. So we're seeing in Elmer, their attendance is more than doubling now. They couldn't have they couldn't have fit all the people in church that were there. Today. There's people coming from all over the province to gatherings like this, to gatherings at Pastor Henry's church, we're all here fighting fear. We're all here fighting misinformation and that type of thing. But what's even more important is we're seeing people make eternal decisions for Christ. And I saw this morning, I'm not sure the number, 10 or 15 people at Pastor Henry's church respond to his call to come forward, people who had been attending for a period of time because they just, you know, liked what Pastor Henry was doing, that he was involved in the lockdowns, and they came forward and they gave their lives to Christ. And I think it's so important that we as Canadians remember the rock from which we are hewn, Remember the values on which the nation is based. Remember the values that got us to where we are. Without them, we will surely perish. And as we remember them, we are building a new foundation for the country as we move forward. And as we see the um, you know oppression and tyranny and all that, um, I firmly believe that we are in a period right now where the tension is building, but soon, the wall is going to break. When you look at a dam that breaks, the pressure can mount for months, maybe years. But when it breaks, it breaks in an instant. And in the Bible, when the children of Israel were marching towards the Promised Land and they came upon the city of Jericho, a big city with big walls, military fortifications, armed soldiers, scary place. They started walking. And that's what we're doing now, we're walking. And we're walking each day. But eventually, it got to the point on the seventh day, on the seventh time around Jericho, that the time had come, the pressure had built, and the time had come for the walls to fall. And what we're doing today is walking, and we're looking, and we're waiting. But the time will come soon, when we will give a shout, and the walls will break and fall. that that time is very soon. Thank you so much. God bless you and God bless Canada.
2: Well, Welcome back. Um, this is Pooty and Nate again after the event uh, on the way home. Um, Nate, how do you think that went? How do you feel about it?
3: So it was great. I mean, I'm so bad at estimating crowd sizes. I don't know. I would say there's at least 2,000 people there. We are right in the middle of Town Square in Waterloo. Lots of people, lots of enthusiasm. I thought the worship was well-received. We sang some psalms, some hymns. The people were really engaged, the people were singing. Pastor Jacob preached, so long-winded. <laughs> He's a man ready to preach, but had uh, had a good word and preached the gospel. Derek Sloan, who's a, uh, an MPP, uh, one of the faithful uh, federal leaders. Uh, he came and I think he came kind of hoping and expecting a little bit of a platform. We introduced him and then he uh, he spoke a little bit and, you know, it's tough with these kinds of things. I mean, you don't want it to be too political. You're there to worship. You're trying to put on a worship service. You kind of want to honor the one guy in the federal parliament that's actually fighting for us. but. I think I would have preferred if uh if we left that for a, a rally of some kind but what do you think like did you, do you think we found that line worship politics like
2: there's a weird tension at these outdoor events that I've noticed because I've been at a few of the freedom rallies yeah. and this was obviously a much different atmosphere overall but there still was that element of like protesting yeah um which was there which we we did our best to, in terms of like I know you you would obviously had said it but like in terms of like let's keep this focused on a on a worship service yeah. um, but there still is that like element of people who are just really up for the fight yeah. um, and I'm not not up for the fight so I, I thought it was I thought it was great but there still is that edge to it but I almost felt like a bit of the edge today came from like um, we're in a public place in a in a city that like
3: it's you know, been very locked down, very exactly. liberal, very yeah. Um,
2: and so it's like we were we were boldly proclaiming that Jesus is king in the public square. I think there was a little bit of opposition against that. Like we there saw was, car, yeah. cars pull drive by, honking the horns yeah, in terms there a couple of, like, of
3: hecklers.
2: <laughs> yeah, Jacob had to like mafioso take out a couple guys in the <laughs> yeah. middle of the. Uh, side
3: note: Jacob is such a mob boss. Like he is, he's mob boss uh, pastor. Like somebody's kind of heckling him from the side. He's like, somebody get that guy out of here, and you just see a couple. Jacob's boys come and like you never hear from the guy again it's like he's sleeping with the fishes I love it I love
2: it I just dropped the power cord yeah. that's okay he's the don now yeah, that's I think his new nickname yeah, there you go. he needs to start a podcast called like we don't talk about Cosa Nostra <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
3: Yeah, <laughs> so. I love so. Yeah, we love Jacob. He did a great job uh, preaching, and uh, you know, Aaron Rock did a really good job. His little like ten minute thing about like why we're doing what we're doing was was really great, and a sort of prophetic warning for the for the nation in terms of just calling pastors out. Like, let's not take this. Like, Jesus is Christ is head of the church. Jesus is supreme. Worship him. Follow him. Obey him. He did a great job. Pastor Aaron Rock by the way Leadership Now podcast on the Fight Left Feast Canada network you should check it out he's uh, he's awesome so it was a good event and uh, I think we should do it again um, I think you know one of the things I said um, during my, my piece there is that we we haven't done this enough we haven't boldly proclaimed we haven't taken the worship of God outside of the four walls of our church into the public square in so long. And, uh, you know, again, you have you have the Whitfields and the Wesleys of the world who, uh, when they were kicked out of their churches or they couldn't preach in their churches, they went and, and preached in the fields. And uh, and it was very reminiscent of that. And, of course, in a crowd that size, over 2,000 people, you got a really eclectic group. There's did you see the one guy with the so canadian he's got the ontario flag in camo attached to a hockey stick waving it around one of my favorite parts is right across the street from where we were set up is this uh parking garage and it has this uh this top level and so i was looking up and there was a bunch of the church of god mennonites up there with the like hockey stick ontario flag dude so who is like just a kind of rough character i mean he seemed like a nice guy but like seeing him interact with the mennonites up there was just like, wow, this is like worlds colliding, but you get such an eclectic group. It's such a diverse group that it's, uh, it's kind of hard to control the atmosphere and the, the sort of ethos of the event. But I think overall it was well received. Certainly the gospel was preached in public. Certainly, uh, God was, was, uh, publicly proclaimed as sovereign Lord over our nation and the worship of God was, was great.
2: One of the things that I've loved about co- like the COVID church almost, um, is the idea of like, not us as a church, but a church overall has often got, like, bogged down into the, like, minors. You know. We bicker about, like, baptism. We bicker about all these things, which are good and yeah. and things we need yeah. to be discussing. It's, but like
3: It's important to get those things right. Exactly,
2: but, but they're not fellowship breakers. Right. And one thing I, I noticed uh, today, but I've noticed in smaller versions at our churches, and I've heard stories of the other churches who are open, is that the thing, the majors, that Christ is king, that, uh, the, the, like, the gospel needs to be proclaimed, that the church is essential— Those are what's drawing everybody together and binding these people together. And I felt that today, like, even though there was, you know, 2,000 people there and probably only, we would probably agree with only probably about 20 or 30 of them on (laughs) every little doctrine. Right. But, like, everybody agrees that Christ is king and he's worthy of all worship. Right. And so everybody was there just to do that. And they're like, it it gave it such a good atmosphere. Right. Yeah.
3: Which was awesome and certainly sort of the the response from the crowd the amens of the crowd and that sort of stuff came when there were those bold declarations of christ being king right of him being head of the church him having dominion from sea to sea into the ends of the earth like those are the things that elicited the the biggest reaction from the crowd and you're absolutely right like right now i have way more in common than you know a presbyterian with his church open than i do a baptist with his church closed right like what has always mattered the most is becoming more and more clear to us and i think that is people who want the word of god to come to bear on every aspect of their lives right we said today you don't quarantine the the healthy you quarantine the sick why because that's what god's word says right like it What does God's word say about that? Like nothing else matters, there's not another question, there's no but, what does God's word say about that? And so on all these things, so you get the people who believe that the word of God ought to come to bear on every aspect of their lives. And then number two, you have the lordship of Christ or the supremacy of Christ over all aspects of life and, and then Christ is head of the church. There's a separation between God's delegated authority. And I think, you know, something like sphere sovereignty and kind of Cyprian understanding of the delegation of God's authority, these are things that seemed like theological issues, right? Minute points of kind of systematic theology that were more theoretical than practical. But now that they've become so, pr- they've always been practical, but, but understand what I'm saying. In our cultural climate, they are so relevant right now that you forget that that's far more essential than you think, far more essential than whether you want to sing modern songs or hymns or whether or not you're family integrated or not. You know, at the end of the day, what is really coming to bear is whether or not people believe Jesus is the head of the church.
2: Amen. I couldn't say it any better. That's amazing. One of the things I wanted to ask you about was we were in the town square and there's there's businesses all around that are closed, <laughs> and like I one of the things I was thinking about while we were there is just like what a great opportunity for the for the business owners there to hear the gospel. Yep. Um, but too, and you like, saw
3: some of them coming out, right? And they were, yeah.
2: And they were watching.
3: Yeah. Um, but like you could also, always tell who they were. <laughs> they had masks
2: on. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but, Nobody else did. That's, that's a, <laughs>
3: the, like that of the cops.
2: I was thinking about the idea of like we're out there publicly, um, declaring. And when I say we, I mean like obviously you guys, the the Liberty Coalition, were like running the event. So like you guys and Jacob, out there, and we're we're preaching and we're basically defending the the rights of the business owners to be open. Yeah. And like it's funny that they weren't open for us to do that. And I was just like I sat there and I thought like exactly what a missed opportunity to just to like win and just honestly, just do great business. You know what I mean? If they yeah. just opened, they would have made a killing today.
3: They would have. Yeah. All you needed to do is put a no lockdown sign in your window and not enforce government regulations for about three hours on the Sunday afternoon. And whatever ticket you got would have been uh price of doing business and you would have got uh, you would have made a killing. And I mean, this is, this is the thing. I mean, like-minded we're, we're talking about like denominational segregations being torn down during this time. I mean, businesses have to understand this as well. Like businesses need to understand that, you you know, you might've had something one way, but like you can garner a loyalty right now. You and I know, like we don't wear masks in stores and grocery stores and stuff like that. So we know where to go where we're not going to get hassled. We go to different grocery stores. Now we go to different, restaurants now we go to different places because we've learned we've discovered who's sort of on our side in all these things and if you are a christian with a business first of all don't just be thinking about where you can go to church be thinking as well about how to run your business right now right don't enforce these these government regulations in your business either and if you're not a business owner but you're around business owners encourage them like don't be belligerent don't be don't be rude, but encourage them. Say, hey, you know, I'd love it if you let me t- take my mask off in here. I'd love it if you didn't enforce these things. Hey, I bet you'd get more business if, right? Like, just say these things. Be be kind because we've seen this in Ontario. The places that are fighting back, like the uh, the golf course in Tilsonburg that opened up, uh, they were booked solid for weeks and weeks when they were open. Like, I, I remember phoning. I'm not much of a golfer, but I remember phoning saying, like, you know what? I'd like, I'd like to go and support this guy and he's like yeah we got no tea times for weeks <laughs> i'm like oh okay <laughs> sounds good and restaurants that are open people are, are traveling there hours and hours to to support them it's unheard of like it's unheard of right now that we have people traveling an hour to come to church and normally i wouldn't uh i wouldn't necessarily encourage that that's the only option they have within a one hour radius so find an open church and go and i would say the same thing about the businesses.
2: Yeah, and if, you're, and if you're listening, even if you don't own a business, I think what you're saying is great. Like, find those businesses that are open and go support them yeah. um, right now. Because, like, the truth is the church is the only one defending th- these people's rights, right? And, like, we have a gentleman who's coming to our church who's not a follower even of Christ. Yeah. And he's coming because he knows history and he said very openly, like... He's coming because he knows that the church is the last line of defense against tyrants. Yeah. And that's yeah. literally what we're doing he's today, li- right? Like- yeah, and
3: he's literally, this, guy's, this guy comes to me the first day he's there, he's like, I'm not much of a religious guy, Pastor. He's like, actually, I'm just gonna level with you. I'm an atheist, <laughs> but he's like, but I am a history buff, and he and he, and he says that he's like, you know, I, I know well enough that uh, the church is the last line of defense when uh, when tyranny strikes. So those are the kinds of people that they're looking to be defended by the church, and uh, and we've watched him in our worship services, and God's got his hooks in him. But this is the thing. Like, right now, everybody's saying, you know, stay home, love your neighbor. And I would just say you got to love your neighbor's liberty. Love your neighbor's liberty enough to fight for it. You know what I mean? People never know. Like, it, this year has taught me so much about... Have you ever read in, like, Exodus when the Israelites, like, are wandering around in the desert? And they're like, oh, we were better off in Egypt. At least there we had food. And, I like... It just never computed, right, with my brain. It's just like, why would they want to go back into slavery? And here we are, we're watching people literally wanting to be directed like slaves, right? They want decisions to be taken away from them. They want freedoms to be taken away from them. And and all that is, is that's the confusion that comes with judgment from God. And so somebody needs to love them enough to fight for their liberty even if they don't feel like they want it that's important that they don't know what they're surrendering right now they're not thinking straight they've bought the lies that this is all temporary that this will be given back and all this stuff And, and somebody needs to love them enough to fight for their liberties even though they won't
2: Absolutely. I think, I think of it like real love is laying down your life for somebody else, right? And the church right now, everybody's like, oh, love your neighbor. Well, we are by willingly risking what we're risking to win their freedoms. Yeah, you know what I mean? Right. Like to, to not win their freedom. Christ won their freedom. To help them realize the freedom they already should realize they have. Right. And to realize it. And it's, I think that's a, it's a really good point on that idea, Nate. Um, the other thing I was thinking about, like, it's funny how much church... Um, And just dealing with certain aspects of people like in the faith right now is almost like an intervention where it's like, we know what's right for you. And we're coming to you and saying like, this is what's, this is what's right. But you, and like, but nobody who gets an intervention, the invention, intervention, so you speak, they never want the healing. They don't know that they need it. right? Right. And so it's like, they're angry about it until they get won over by everybody's love. And I was like. I was thinking about the idea that this is basically what's happening in the world, right? We're, we're going to our brothers and sisters, people who we would have a year ago or two years ago, been like standing arm in arm and preaching the gospel on the streets and whatnot with, but are for one reason or another, these people are choosing not to come or to be more cautious about COVID or whatnot. And I think what part of what we're doing is we're going to them being like, we're fighting these battles for you at this point, right. come and join us. Cause we're be, we're getting weary of it, but we're, we're, we're willing to do this on your behalf because we love you.
3: Yeah. I had a, new, a gentleman at, uh, at church today, you know, a guy there for the first time who said what we've, we we've been hearing people say this for months and months now is you don't realize how heavy the restrictions are until you're out from under them. That's what it is, right? We we're just talking about how we're going to have to rearrange the chairs next week because we can't, like, we just can't fit people in because every week there's more people coming. We're not advertising. We're just not turning people away, and like, people are coming and experiencing freedom. And don't get me wrong, it, church is is not a big freedom rally right now. It is a worship service, and the singing is you, just you just preached through and,
2: Daniel, so yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, clearly,
3: yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's just, it's been so precious and, uh, and people experience freedom and they experience some level of normalcy and people smile at them with their faces uncovered and they have human interaction and their kids play with other kids and it's, we share coffee and, and, and fellowship. It's just, it's a, it's beautiful and you don't realize how beautiful it was because we've been taking it for granted. And then all of a sudden when that's taken away from you, it's dehumanizing and so it's it's rediscovering part of what we've been created to experience
2: what we're experiencing at church is what we're designed for this is garden life right it's yeah. this like we're in the trenches together we're we're together we're experiencing each other as God intended um obviously we're not perfect there's still the curse of sin with us but this is what we're designed to be yeah. in fellowship together communing together worshiping God together yeah. and what's funny like we said this last week about the idea of one of the things that we're so against lockdown for because it's anti-gospel it's the, they, it, it creates a culture that is the exact opposite of what how God has intended us to live in this world yeah. and like one of the things I think we're experiencing was I mean people come in out of the darkness out of the fog. COVID word the, the fog yeah they they all of a sudden realize that they're back where they're where they're meant to be yeah. and I'm not saying like specifically at, at our church but like in churches that are open, in fellowship together. People are are realizing that like, this is how they're wired to live.
3: And I would just say for any of our listeners who are listening in Ontario right now in particular, you know, maybe you're listening and you generally agree with our theology. You generally agree. You like it when we do spot the lie back in the day and stuff like that, but like, and you agree with us ideologically on all this stuff, but maybe you're just not at an open church maybe you're you know you're you're following the restrictions a little bit you're kind of breaking the rules to see family or whatever but you're not experiencing fellowship and worship right now i would just encourage you live out what you know to be true don't just agree with us ideologically don't just agree with us theologically go and live it out find an open church it doesn't mean you have to abandon the church you're in churches like ours that are open right now are heart is that we want to be a refuge and a haven for people to come and experience freedom, to be strengthened by the Spirit, to be strengthened through fellowship. And then if God calls you back to your church when it opens, we pray that you will be a blessing and that you'll be strengthened enough to go back and be an advocate for change in that church so it never closes again. So it doesn't mean you got to leave your church, but I would say find an open church and go and experience worship the way God Designed us to worship, so put your money where your mouth is. Don't just agree with us from afar, but uh, but go and uh, and experience worship. Do church. Do life open up your home be hospitable because right now that's that's our warfare that's that's how we fight in this battle so
2: amen and you're missing out
3: and you're missing out yeah big time big time so
2: i think that's good i anything else you want to say nate
3: no i think that's good um i don't know if uh, i think the event was actually live streamed so i think you can probably find it it's probably connected somewhere to the liberty coalition page or you can probably find one of the pastors who was involved and i'm sure one of us will share it when we find it but uh uh, you can check that out, and and certainly keep fighting the good fight. Hey, Amen. Have a great one.